are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs, right here on the Locked On NBA Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Glad to have you back. Hey, happy hump day. Hopefully you can get past today and see that weekend straight ahead and have yourself a good time. Well, one thing that's, um, well, I guess I guess the Boston area fans are having a good time with is who is going to be their new coach? And look, Becky Hammond reportedly is not linked to Boston and their vacancy. You know, we've heard it already. Portland, Orlando are already putting it out there. But that does not stop the Boston fans from making sure that Brad Stevens knows exactly who they want. We're going to be discussing Boston and Becky. Does it fit there? Does it work? Maybe there are reports out there that Hammond is um, likely a candidate down the road. To help me do this, I got to go to the guy, the expert, the man, when it comes to all Celtics coverage, my good friend, John Corrales of Locked On Celtics. John, you know, do we do we want to talk about the Celtics in the regular season playoffs or do we just stick <laughs> do we, to the offseason talk? Do we do we want to yeah. talk about the regular season? The regular yeah. season for the Celtics feels like a year ago at this point. Because like the day yeah. after the season ended, Danny Ainge quits and Brad Stevens takes takes his job. And all of a yeah. sudden just became all of the retrospective stuff from this past season just goes out the window. Yeah. And and frankly, I don't think there's a lot of retrospection to be done with mm-hmm. this Celtics team because I think that the the short turnaround like look at all of the teams that were in the final four right. at in the bubble Lakers had injuries um and they got bounced Celtics got gentlemen gentlemen sweep um who else uh, was in there My, Miami got swept and now Denver completely ran out of gas. Like against the Suns, they they only got to the second round, honestly, because they had Nikola Jokic. And so they, by the time they got to the second round, completely toast, no chance. They obviously had the Jamal Murray injury. So I think the short turnaround was really, really rough right. on those teams. And then on top of that, you had a, you know, the Celtics were the most impacted team by COVID. They lost more games mm-hmm. to COVID and health and safety uh, protocol than any other team. So things just kind of piled up. The Kemba Walker th- situation was right. was impacted. Uh, they were injuries. Marcus Smart had a, an injury in the middle of all of that. So this, this past Celtics season, I, I don't know how much there really is to analyze other right. than what I just said, which makes this next coaching search to, to kind of right. drive it back into this conversation. Yeah. Really interesting because I think the new coach is going to inherit a team that's a lot better than people think. Yeah, and I'm glad you gave us a little quick and dirty about the Celtics. Um, well, the reason why they're in this situation right now, why they're looking for a new head coach, is um, frankly because a shakeup is needed. Now, if there's one franchise out there that historically has done shakeup and, and is not, you know, afraid to do something bold, are the Celtics? You know, from hiring Bill Russell to possibly being the first team to hire a female head coach, whether that be Becky Hammond, we'll talk about that in a bit, or um, I think Duke's, uh, was that, Kara Lawson. So mm-hmm. um, 
either way, something could happen, whether it be Boston or elsewhere, something historic could possibly happen this offseason. But a little history lesson, John, if you will. Um, again, Boston not afraid to do historic moves. Look, Boston Boston has kind of these dueling reputations. We had all the stuff with Kyrie Irving that, that yeah. he had said, but the fact is that the Boston Celtics, you go back to the beginning, they they drafted the first black player. They had the first black head coach. They had the first all-black starting five. They they have, over the course of time, not shied away. They've, they've turned to former players, their own former players, to, to guide their teams, and those former players have won championships. So the Celtics... Celtics have have a long history of certainly being uh, open minded when it comes to stuff that the rest of the league has not been ready to do yet, and mm-hmm. I think I think Brad Stevens fits fits that mold. Look, he he's the one that reached out to Carol Lawson. He's the one that called yeah. her and said, "Hey, I want you on my staff." And so reaching out to her again would not be a surprise. Um, I don't know if she's open to it. She seems mm-hmm. very committed to that Duke program. Good for her. She's a head coach there. Um, but if she wanted to leave, I think people at Duke would understand. And mm-hmm. and if if he feels like Becky Hammond is a strong candidate, and you know he's got a good relationship with Greg Popovich, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's called Pop and said, "Hey, what do you right. think?" So exactly. and and you know we've heard Pop mm-hmm. sing Hammond's praises plenty. So right. I I haven't heard anything yet about her interviewing but it wouldn't surprise me at all right i believe right after the spurs season ended and of course boston season ended although there was nothing official like you know an official site saying oh they're linked but john you're you're there in boston you're in that area there was a lot of boston media right away saying brad's gone okay becky's up sure i mean it it was almost like automatic it was like right there it happened like minutes where her name is really floated out there. Yeah. I mean, she's she's one of the candidates. Look, you know that she's she's had interviews all around the league. She's had what probably two two or three different NBA teams. She's on the list right. to interview in Orlando and in Portland. So she is she is one of the assistants. Take gender out of it. If you serve on Pop's bench for what six years now? Is that what it's been? Right. Yes, 2014, when she uh joined. Okay. So look at her history. She's coached the summer league team. Pop Pop has turned to her when he's gotten ejected and be like, "You're you got it. It's your team." Like that that is a level of trust that Pop has with an assistant coach that people will say, "Okay, well now that's an assistant coach that has learned under the best, maybe the best coach in NBA history that has seen the entire organization run and has her own ideas for sure." We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna interview this person, regardless of gender. That's a person with a resume that should be interviewed for head coaching jobs. And and there are mm-hmm. plenty of people around the league with equally impressive assistant coaching resumes, and they're all the same names. They get get thrown around mm-hmm. here. You yeah. know, you know, Emi Odoka, Darvin Ham, all of those guys. So, right. and and look, Becky also fits the mold of we talk about former players. People talk about former players in the NBA. Well, she's a former player, just WNBA, and and she's mm-hmm. had success as a point guard, which is the type of the prototype that we've mm-hmm. seen. So, someone who can see the floor, understands how to run a team, is a leader, all of that stuff. She ticks off all the boxes. There's just one box that people aren't ready to tick off, and it's because she's a woman. Right. And 
I think we're starting to see that that starts to mean less and less and less over time. Right. And like I said, with Brad Stevens, I, I, I think the one thing that we can say about Brad Stevens, I don't know what kind of job he's going to do as president of basketball operations, but there's one thing that he is, is super thorough and he is going to go through all of the potential candidates and, and try to figure out which one is the absolute best fit here. Mm -hmm. So regardless of, you know, gender or anything, he, he's going to say, who is the best person for this job? Mm -hmm. So again, I, I right. I'd be surprised if she didn't interview. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I will be surprised if she's not interviewing for each and every vacant spot. Sure. Um, one thing you look at though is the fan base in Boston. You know, we we hinted at it to start the show, but this is what drove the reason why you and I are talking right now is because uh, in Boston, a billboard went up urging the Celtics to either hire uh, Becky or Kara. And it seems to me the fan base is all right with that. And they seem to be embracing that. Why do you think the fans are so open to Becky? Is it simply because of the historic thing that would happen? Or is it just simply, you know, take off gender and like she's going to be a pretty damn good coach? I think, well, look, let, let's be clear. No matter where you go, no matter what city, there's going to be that element that isn't okay with this. So I don't want to make it sound like Boston's having one big you know, love fest, hugging each other, like a hundred percent behind something like this. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. And once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Now, Locker Room is a perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, and NHL. I'll be joining the app soon, and uh, be sure to get started, and I'll meet you there. Go download the Locker Room app right now. It's free, by the way. Available on all iOS devices. Make sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find tons of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join y'all. And I'll let you know once the Lockdown Spurs is on there. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. If this is the case, there's going to be people who say, nope, that's not going to work. Mm -hmm. And that's universal. Uh, why do I think people in Boston, though, why did that billboard go up? I mean, certainly billboard went up for some publicity, right? They, they right, wanted yeah. us to start this conversation. Exactly. Great. That That's Congratulations, you you got in on the publicity train, but I think when you when you think about the conversations that are being had about Becky Hammond, about Kara Lawson, about any woman who may be interviewing in a position to interview for for a head coaching job, I just think that in general, it's been normalized. You know, when when they were first think about you know women officials in the league. You know, when Violet Palmer came in way back when it was a big deal to have Violet Palmer uh, officiating one of your games. And now, you know, you, you have one or two women. They even had a, a couple of games, I think with three women on the floor and it's like, Oh wow. Okay. You know, big deal. It's, yeah. it's not a thing anymore. So having seen so many women on the sidelines as assistants, uh, I've heard you mention a couple of times, you know, Becky, 
gets into a, a huddle like the, the you call a timeout in Brooklyn. San Antonio calls mm -hmm. a timeout in Brooklyn. Pop is out there with his coaches, and Becky's in there like running the timeout yeah, until Pop yeah. comes over to say what he's going to say. So we see those images over and over and over again. And yes, the first one to be a head coach is going to be a big deal, and there'll be a little extra scrutiny. But we've seen them. We've seen women on the sidelines, um, and. And I think generally they've had a lot of respect. I can I can speak on the Carol Lawson thing. They loved her in Boston. Like they mm -hmm. the guys loved her when she left for Duke. They you know they made a big deal out of it. You know they took a big picture, team picture with everybody wearing Duke gear. That you know yeah. you know some of these guys yeah. are very proud of their colleges. <laughs> For them to put on a Duke shirt is like you know they must <laughs> really love her to do that. So I think that you know Boston is like a lot of other cities where we've seen women do the job. And so yes, there'll be a little bit more when, when one of them becomes a head coach, but I don't think, I don't think that anybody, I don't think that anybody sees this as like a, a pity or a, right. a PR move. I think people see this as just interviewing a good assistant coach. Absolutely. Now look, you, you, you look at Becky and she's paid her dues. We, we hit it. we, Alluded to it, you know, running timeouts. She's been with the Spurs systems uh, for quite some time now. You know, her name has been out there before. Before we hit the record button, I told you. I'm just to remind you, like, hey, you know, Milwaukee spoke with her years ago. And yeah. New York has been linked to her. You know, that makes sense because she played with their Liberty uh, WNBA team. That makes sense. But at the end of the day, John, as a coach, will she fit in with Boston if Boston were to decide to go with her? Yeah, I I mean, I don't know what her particular coaching style is going to be. Right. Um, and so it's it's a it's gonna be I I'll say this. If if Brad Stevens sees fit to hire her, then it's because she's she's got good ideas. So um and and I'll say Brad Stevens is, knows a lot of coaches. Like he he is very in tune with a lot of coaching strategies and styles. And I think he understands having come off of this past season, what the team needs, what the team needs in the locker room, who that team needs. And so if he does hire her, then that means mm -hmm. on some level like that I have to believe that he thinks she'll fit. Um, I think this is a good situation for her. I know I was listening to your, your last show and there was some debate over whether this situation or the Orlando situation would work. I think, I think we've got a team in Boston that, like I said at the beginning, is better than people think. And Tatum is growing into a potential MVP candidate. So you're walking into a ready-made situation because what's what's the worst thing that could happen to to Becky Hammond in any situations to go in and start mm -hmm. losing a bunch of games? Now in Orlando, you're going to lose a bunch of games because Orlando is is completely retooling. And mm -hmm. they've got a lot of work to do, and it's more understandable. And there, I, I do understand the theory of go in there, grow with your team, and and you'll you know whatever. But you go in with Boston, and she puts a good coaching staff around her. She has a mix of former players and tacticians and mm -hmm. all the right people around her, just like any first time head coach would need, and. You go out there with an MVP candidate, and 
a pretty good supporting cast. And I don't know how Brad Stevens is going to retool the roster, but still you have an MVP candidate. And so yeah. Boston would be a good fit for her. Portland would be a good fit because you're going to win 10 games a year that you shouldn't win just because you've got Damian Lillard. Sure. Um, but the the thing that she needs that any, any person that is doing something for the first time needs and is under all that extra scrutiny wins. You need to succeed. And if, if she comes in and Boston comes out of the gates strong, then all of a sudden you, you've got the, the scrutiny is gone. She's a good coach. It's okay to hire a woman. There's not, it's not going to be any blowback. Mm-hmm. And, and, and knowing this team and knowing the guys in this team to some degree, I really don't feel like they're going to want to be the team that costs a woman her opportunity by underachieving. You know, like I think I think they are aware of the situation and I think that they'll say, "Hey, look, we're going to we're going to go out there, we're going to bust our ass because right. we want to make sure that we're doing what she says. We're we're succeeding with it and you know, look, they, they want to win. They've got money to make. They've got all that stuff. So they, they, they're in on this too. Like they need this to work too, because they want, they want the, the, the shine that comes with being a, you know, a a conference finalist and an NBA finalist or an NBA champion. They, they want to win again. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think that whomever, whomever gets into that, that seat in Boston is going to get a team that's ready to, ready to rock. And if it's if it is an historic hire like that, then mm-hmm. I think that group will will band together even more, and and say you know we we're not going to screw this up. We're yeah. you know if she if she screws this up with some of her rotations and benching guys and whatever, then fine. But we're going to go out there. We're going to bust our asses. You 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 look at the situation for her, and um, is it. You know, you don't want to be sensitive to the topic, but is it safe to say that there is going to be more pressure on her because of the move, regardless of destination, whether it be Orlando, whether it be your Celtics, whether it be Portland, hell, whether it be San Antonio. Um, right. You know, if you look at the, even the landscape of that, San Antonio, staying in San Antonio or the Spurs, if Pop decides to walk away, um, sliding her over just one seat, it just makes sense. The Spurs. They're not expected to win a title anytime soon. They're still in retool mode, rebuild mode. But that makes sense, and there's not a lot of pressure on her, you know, because we sure. know what the, the city of the Spurs are. You go to Boston, you got names like Tatum and, and Brown and, and the right. historicness of it. And she doesn't produce. And let's just say Boston, you know, hopefully she doesn't wherever she lands, but let's just say it's not smooth sailing after season, after, yeah, season one, season two. Will there be a major blowback? Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Nine delicious flavors, the occasional limited time flavor, flavors such as cherry, coconut, chocolate, almond, mint brownie, the list goes on and on. There's just basically something for everyone. And if you can't decide which one that you want, well, they got a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Now, most flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Order today. Get whatever you want. All tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get yourself 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. 
Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, info, all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs for the playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. Uh, sure, of course. Like that's that that that's a big thing. Like what whatever the expectations are in whichever job she does end up getting somewhere, the 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 volume on that will be turned up a couple of notches because she's a woman. So the but let's say it's the Orlando job, and we know it's a rebuilding thing. But I think there will be unfair pressure on her from people who, who are like, hey, look, yeah, we know we're rebuilding, but she's not getting the most out of these guys. Like things like that will be said. You know, I'm not sure that she's getting the most out of this team, even though they're they're bad. And in Boston, it's a different kind of pressure. No matter who comes in, there's pressure here because you've got the it's the first year of Tatum's extension. So you got the clock is starting to tick in Boston a little bit. You got a couple more years. This is this season is going to be the second of a four year extension for Jalen Brown. So you're you're kind of you know they, these guys want to win. These guys want to win now, and and fans are getting a little itchy in Boston about like okay conference finals that was great, and I think fan bases from the outside. We'll look at Boston's recent playoff runs and be like, yeah, we'll trade you if you want. I'm sure Sacramento <laughs> would love to have done what Boston right. did over the past few months, right? But in Boston, you know, there's there's a little bit more arrogance in Boston, especially look, for people in San Antonio who don't know, you you've watched Boston's recent run of dominance across all Boston sports. The Red Sox won. The Patriots obviously won. The Celtics got a title in there. The Bruins got a Stanley Cup in there. There are a lot of people right now in their 30s, you know, guys in their 30s who are prime consumers of sports and people who listen. Like most of the people who listen to your show or my show, like guys mm -hmm. in their 30s, right? And, and in Boston, all they have seen over the course of them growing up is just like, it seems like a championship after championship after championship, right. which has been an amazing run in Boston. We've all enjoyed it. It's it's great, but it's led to this kind of almost entitlement. Like, okay, Boston Celtics, it's now it's your turn to win a championship, and you've got Tatum and Brown. And you haven't done it yet. We're getting anxious here, mm -hmm. um, and yeah. especially like Tom Brady's gone. You know, the Red Sox are kind of they're okay. Bruins just got bounced. Like people, people are getting a little antsy now. They don't want to see teams losing again. So, yeah, the the the, the pressure in Boston from the fans is is a little bit higher mm -hmm. than most places. And you put Becky Hammond in that seat, and the pressure goes up because now a bunch of guys are going to cross their arms and glare and be like, "Okay, let's see what this girl can do." Right, and like that attitude certainly is going to be, you know, out there, but. If they come out and they win and they just do what they're supposed to do, if they just live up to their expectations 
and these guys are playing hard and, and they respond to her, then she'll be fine. Is there's gonna be this initial bump, but she'll be fine. Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I think she'll be fine wherever she lands. Personally, I just think it just logically just makes sense to stay there, stay in San Antonio, you know. Sure. Um, but well, let me you ask know, you this. Well, well, I was about to, just before you ask me your question, let's just put it out there. There's already a wide segment of the Spurs fan base kind of giving Pop the side eye, being like, okay, you know, <laughs> you had your time. Thank you for the titles. <laughs> and historically, John, historically, NBA coaches don't really last past 70. I correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you, you're probably gonna you probably know right off the top of your head. Was Jerry Sohn the last 70 plus year old coach to last into the 70s? Was he the last one? Um, was Jerry I Sloan? Think- it may have been Sloan. How old is Tony? Oof. I mean, he might be in his late 60s. Let's find out. But uh, your, your question, though. Um, my question uh, has escaped me now. So, Dan Tony is 70 <laughs> right now. He, yeah, he just hit 70. He's yeah. close. So, he's 70. Um, so I was going to ask you about – oh, uh, because you've had assistance – in San Antonio, I guess it is connected to what you were just saying about the side eye to pop, and like people are wondering, like, okay, what are you going to do? Feels like it feels like coaches have been like, yeah, they're. I, I feel like I feel like I need to go somewhere else. Like this yeah. is great. I'm learning I, a lot from Pop, but there's not exactly a lot of upward mobility here, and yeah. so you know you got people like Ime Odoka. Mm-hmm. Who was like, you know what? I'm going to go here now to be an assistant here. Like, thanks for the um, opportunity. Um, but- I'm so right? glad you brought that up. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought brought that up. Now, look, what I'm about to say, I get it. Different si- situation, different circumstances, um, et cetera, et cetera. But this just give you an, an idea of what goes to the mind of an assistant coach in San Antonio. So you remember uh, Tori Messina? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, for the longest time, many thought that he was going to be the, the next. He was the heir apparent. It made sense. His international coaching career is insane. It's incredible what he's done in the national stage. But in the NBA stage, he hasn't really done much. He's He's been assistant with San Antonio, been assistant with the Lakers, you know, coached the Spurs when Pop, um, you know, saw the loss of his wife mm-hmm. uh, in the playoffs. Everything was set up for him. So then all of a sudden, you know, you fast forward a little longer, and then he says, all right, I'm bouncing. Bye. So he recently did an interview overseas with a foreign outlet that escapes my name or escapes the name right now. But uh, my point is he was asked, you know, like, Hey, you left the Spurs. What's up with that? And in a nutshell, he made it very clear. There's no ill will towards San Antonio, no hard feeling, nothing like that. He just said, I wanted to have my own team. I am. I, I was ready for my own team. I had an opportunity to get my own team. He's now coaching in Italy. So I took advantage of that. Now, I get it. You know, he's older, you know, he's, he's not as young as Becky, you know, he's been there, done that. He's been in that seat before time and time again, internationally. So, you know, it's a different vibe for him, but if you can extrapolate that feeling of what it's like to be assistant coach in San Antonio, yeah. You, you know, it's already getting to the point, John, where you start thinking is Popovich kind of holding up the spurs from moving on. <laughs> you you got to think about that. Like, look, the era of the big three is over. The Kawhi era, however short it was, that's long gone. He blew a hole in the Spurs' future so wide that they're still recovering from that. So you got these group of kids in San Antonio that 
are getting there. But the problem is they're not it. They're not the next. They're not the next franchise corner piece. They're not, at least not right now. Sure. I hope next season, you know, they turn around and DeJounte or Kelden explodes and, oh my God, the Spurs did it again. You know, look at, they got themselves an all world, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, you know, Donovan Mitchell level player, Damian Lillard player, you know, hopefully that happens. But as of right now, the jury's still out. So the, the train of thought is, okay, well, obviously the Spurs are in transition. They're in a different direction. They need new life. And that's where Becky comes in. And, and then think a lot of, that's where the Spurs fan base look at pop kind of like, Thanks, old man. Appreciate it. <laughs> you know, we, we yeah. like you what you did. And I, you know, I personally, people ask me, do you think he'll be back? And I'm like, I'm like 70, 30 that he'll be back. There was just something very different about him this year, John. Yeah. Really was not the pop that you're used to seeing. Very, for his standards, cordial with the media. Yeah. Uh, a lot of thank yous. There was a lot of stuff that you saw during the season lingering with coaches longer after games, talking with them on the sidelines. It was just a different vibe. And, yeah. you know, you, you factor his age, you know, and what better way to go out than saying, you know, Team USA, I did it, you know, um, yeah. gold medal, and here we go. Now, if he comes back, fine, but I can tell you this much, John, there will be a fan base backlash about that. There will be, yeah, on Popovich, because the fan base is ready to, to turn the leaf on the head coaching job. And to somebody in, whether they bring Becky up or Will Hardy or they go outside the family and bring somebody in, you know, they just want to see yeah. change at, at that spot, John. That's that's what it's come to in San Antonio. That's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because, yeah. um, you know, why, like, I know I know you're looking for, like, the who's next and, and all of that, but, I mean, you're still, the Spurs still overachieve. Like he's he's getting them to do yeah things yeah. that you know from the outside perspective. I look at the Spurs and I was like, you know, here they come. They're they're Spursing again, yeah. and you know, I I don't know. It's it's hard to say with with a guy like Popovich because you know maybe he just this is just what he loves to do. You know, he's just uh, what what am I going to do if I stop doing this right right and and that's that's always the thing about sports and and. You know, for a guy like Pop, I mean, he's, he's getting older now, and and you don't want to. When, when he retires, you know what's going to happen. He, it's going to be like he's watching his own funeral, and, mm -hmm. and you know all the retrospectives and all of the things that people are going to say. If he says, "I quit, I retire," it's it's you're going to have like Tim Duncan interviews, you're going to have Manu Ginobili interviews, Tony Parker interviews, and he's going to be like, "I didn't die, I just quit my job." <laughs> and I think, I think for some guys, and I'm not saying this about pop at all, but I think for some guys it's like, you know, what, I don't want to go through that. You know, I like yeah. my job. And so I just want to keep doing it. If you guys want me to keep doing it. And why would you ever tell Greg Popovich to stop coaching, especially when he's still a, a good coach? Like, well, so, I'll, I'll answer that question. Um, because many in the fan base feel you had Tim Duncan, Manu and Tony and Kawhi and David it must be nice. Wow. Yeah. Now yeah. here it is. Now you don't have that star power. What you got? And so far, we've seen two consecutive missed playoffs postseason. Um, so there's that. Um, so you you I, I get where the fan base is coming from. I get it. I mean, but at the same time, you're like, but you know, what what coach didn't have those kind of star names? 
your 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 Phil Jackson, your Popovich, right? Every um, every, you know, your, every your Brad Stevens, yeah. Every championship winning coach has stacked rosters. That's how you win championships. Right. Um, there's you you still need the players to play. I I just don't look again. This is outside perspective. There there have been plenty of years where we like in recent years that we're I, the, the word on the outside is I don't know. This might be the year the Spurs just kind of miss the playoffs, and then the Spurs keep making these runs, and you're like, God, I'm an idiot for picking against the Spurs. Because the talent level on this team, it's either too young or incomplete, and yet he still gets them to find ways to, to overachieve. And I, I guess if, if there's any one criticism that I can accept, it's that maybe he has gone too far. Like, do you need to be playing DeMar DeRozan? Do you need to be playing <laughs> Rudy? Gay? Like, do right. you need to be playing yeah. those guys? Like, the, the legitimate criticism of well, Pop is, okay, that's great. You've won some games. But have you cost us a chance to get better draft picks and have, have some of these wins with some of these, these vets kind of masked the, the real problems with this team? Or have they impeded the progress of well, some of the guys on this team? That's a well, legitimate look, question. Well, look who his mentor was. People always ask, like, oh, look at Popovich and, and you know, Becky and, and Quinn Snyder and, and Mike Unhoser. But what, what about the reverse? Who mentored Popovich? And you get where that comes from. It was Larry Brown and Don Nelson. Yeah. Those two guys were notorious for not playing young guys. And that's where he got it from. So um, he I, I, just I will, carried that on. So, yeah. Yeah. Brad yeah, Stevens got, got that 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 rep. A lot of guys get that rep. Doc Rivers has that rep. Uh, if you've got well, better Roy players, Rivers is a is a Spurs disciple. I mean, he came from the sure, Spurs branch, of course. Yeah. But I, I will say that when you're a coach, you want to win. You've got better players in your team. You want to play the better players, right? And, and here's so the thing. That's, that's and and Popovich for all you know. Look, look. I know the T word is not thrown a lot around in San Antonio. The last time that was tanking was the Tim Duncan time, but sure. Um, you, but of all seasons, not the tank in the draft. It's this year. This right. is when you want to tank it. And you could have right. got, there's several guys that could be those franchise corner piece players. And yeah, what you know. they should have done, what yeah. they should have done is they should have traded DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, and taking that out of or, or LMA or LMA, even though there was an attempt to try, according to some reports with the Boston Celtics, they tried to unload them to Boston for Kemba. That didn't work out, but yeah. they should have moved one of those guys, the LMA or, or DeMar. I think yeah. that's where they that's where they goofed up. That's this, that's that season. this. This would have been the because you got to take it out of the coach's hands at that point. Um, yeah, you got you, you know, trade Rudy Gay, trade DeMar DeRozan. Just go with the young guys to be like, you know what? We're, this is what we're doing. You know, Lonnie Walker is playing, you know, Dem Vassell yeah. is playing like yeah. the, the, these guys are getting, you know, big minutes. Um, and so, I don't know, we, yeah. we, we, steered, oh, we steered way we, off. We, the we did. But, we really did. But, 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 but we're still on the head coaching topic. And that is, go ahead. This is, this does play into the Becky Hammond thing, because if pop is still there and this is why we diverted if Pop is still there and if he's given no indication that he's leaving, like 
would Becky Hammond be taking these interviews if Pop told mm -hmm. her, yeah. like, hey, you know what? You're next. Stop. You're, yeah, this yeah, is like, your stop. team. Yeah. You know, like she she might take the interviews just to do them. Um, but if she ends up getting offered a job that she doesn't really want, if she wants to take the Spurs job, like mm -hmm. you can you can say, um, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's hard. It's like this is all speculation. Pop wants to make this declaration himself. Um, what he you, what you don't want is to be Becky Hammond, who's in line to get this job if she is going off and taking a job that you know Orlando. Let's say she gets the Orlando job, and then all of a sudden it's like I should have just stayed in San Antonio. I know these guys. Like that would have mm -hmm. been that would have been great. But you know, if she turns down interviews then people will be like, why is she turning down interviews? She doesn't want to be a head coach. Like that, then that would have started the pop speculation right. and so on and so forth. But anyway, yeah. it, it's interesting to see. I don't know what, what that situation is going to be. If she does not get one of these open jobs, I wouldn't be surprised if she, you know, started looking for like lead assistant, like maybe Boston doesn't hire her. Maybe they hire, I don't know, pick a name out of a hat, Chauncey Billups, Lloyd Pierce. I don't know. One of these guys. And they, sure. the, and then they say, let's bring in Becky Hammond as your associate head coach. Like she is now the mm -hmm. lead that one, you know, cause that's not her title in, in San Antonio, right? No, it's just assistant coach. It's just very generic. Yeah, assistant so coach, yeah. you make, you make, um, you make Becky your lead assistant. Like she's the number one assistant. Um, and if for some reason you're not here, she's the one that, that is acting head coach. That that could be a path that she she decides to take. I don't know. I I I feel like just to go back to the the beginning of this whole thing. She is a deserving candidate for head coaching jobs based on her performance. Her the her employer thinks highly of her. She's she's played the game. She's coached the game. She's, she's run a team. She's in, in, in that summer league. She's, she's been trusted with the team. She clearly knows how to interact with NBA players. There's, she's a, just a good assistant coach that is interviewing for head coaching jobs. And that, that sign that went up in Boston, I, I'm, I'm not going to say it represents all Boston fans, but it does represent a, a fair amount of Boston fans that, right. that would think, sure, Becky Hammond could be a good head coach um mm -hmm. and you know my my first pick was carol lawson because i just i know how how she left things in boston how much the guys loved her i knew that she she had her their respect so she would be an easy person to plug and play mm -hmm. with her own ideas yeah and I, I i'll just say like i'm glad that we're getting to a point where more women are in the league and this is just more normal and at some point we don't do a whole podcast on you know, mm -hmm. the, his, the historic, you know, women, you know, we first one, like what we're going to get, we're going to get the first woman and then we're going to get the first woman against woman head coaching battle. And then, you know, we're going to get to a point where it's like, wow, every coach in this division is a woman. And like, we're going to, we're going to start getting like those milestones, but right. you know, I, I'm just, I'm glad that we're, we're, that this is happening now. I hope she gets one of these jobs. Or if she wants that Spurs job, I hope she gets that. Yeah. Um, because I I would assume it it's because she deserves it. Because these, you know, there's no um there's no reason to 
put your entire franchise's future at mm-hmm. risk just for Absolutely. a PR thing, right? right. Like, yeah. so. And, and here's I the think, thing too. Well, 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 I don't mean to cut you off, but just because we're running out of time, but just optically, if the Spurs were to go outside the family and bring somebody else in, I think that's just going to be a bad move on their part. I, they're 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 stuck now. If you think about it, oh, if yeah. if Pop leaves, and let's just say you know, just to be you know, they say, okay, Becky, you are a candidate among yeah. several other t- other people. Versus, okay, Becky, it's yours. Okay, fine. You know, you want to do your due diligence. And that, I get that. A team is allowed to do that. Okay, Becky, you're among these candidates. But if they pick somebody else, I think there will be a backlash. Uh, that, towards that would, yeah, it would be it'd be an interesting kind of situation there. They built her up. They they did. Um, I, I don't know. It, that That is an interesting situation because just speaking from that optics perception, like mm-hmm. you'd, you'd Definitely get the sports debate show guy, one of them going, Well, if she was that good, yeah. why don't they hire her? And you know, if they if they don't and they have a different reason for for not hiring her, who knows? Like part of that is which coach is available on the market. Like maybe, maybe there's a coach that's that became available that they just said, Well, hey, look, you know, pick a pick a name, you know, Steve Kerr. Like Steve Kerr left Golden State, and they're like, "Well, we got to get Steve Kerr." Like, sorry, Becky, but yeah, we need we need to get him. You know, yeah, he's got yeah. connections and all that. So, I don't know, but I guess we'll I yeah. guess we'll wait and see. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Yeah. All right. At the end of the day, John, do you think um, either a she will get an interview and be ultimately, you know, landed Boston, or you think Boston and you know that that's probably not going to happen? Yeah, I I think she'll get an interview. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can't, it's the one thing I can't call right now is who's going to be Boston's next head coach because I, other than to say, I just don't think they're going to promote from within. Um, I'd be a little surprised if they promoted from within, but, um, I, I think everybody, everybody from the outside here, we're, we're, we're like, we think it's going to be a, a former player. Um, which again, she mm-hmm. qualifies for, uh, maybe, uh, but there, there are so many different possibilities that I, I can't sit here and say like this person's in the lead, that person's in the yeah. lead. It's as long as it's not Jason Kidd, I think it'd be, it'd be fine. <laughs> John, tell us what's going on with lockdown Celtics. Uh, lockdown Celtics has been going through like player by player. You know, now that we're going through the off season, we just did a whole big, um, longer than it was supposed to be show about Evan Fournier's free agency and and what the Celtics might offer the limitations that they're playing under yeah. you know yeah. talking about the ownership group that you know the the Celtics haven't been spending money they, they had to get under the tax this past year for understandable reasons and but we're going player by player to, to okay. try and figure out like who should stay who should go what are they going to do with Kemba what are they going to do with Marcus Smart so really trying to figure out this roster that this next coach is going to get all right, there you have it. And make sure to subscribe to Locked on Celtics wherever you get your favorite podcast. Hey, and, and look, if you need a little break from Celtics chat or Spurs chat, why would you in the first place? But if you need to, you can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes on the Locked on Today podcast. It gives you the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts like John Corrales himself. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to Locked on Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 
John, tell yourself to stay away from Becky. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be fighting over Becky Hammond. Yeah, I know. Hey, you know, there, there's worse things to be fighting over. You know, right? a qualified coach for uh, whether the Spurs, Celtics, wherever she lands. But it's going to be an interesting offseason for her because I, I just think at the end of the day, she, she she's due. You know, she's due. Sure. Whether it be your suggestion about that first lead assistant because you saw what happened with San Antonio, right? That whole scouting thing. You, you yeah. heard about that? Yeah. So, you know, not many, not many two fans were keen on that thing, but we'll see what happens. History will be made either this season, next season is coming very, very soon. So for John Corrales, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs and Locked on Celtics. Mm-hmm.